Fresh details of the Tawang clash between Indian and Chinese soldiers after the publication of a detailed report in the Australian Strategic Policy Institute, ASPI, that shows the site where the clashes of the 9th of December happened in Arunachal Pradesh. Also, details on how China were able to get to this area because of Chinese road construction, which is what this discussion is really about. The India-China race to the boundary as both sides try and build infrastructure. What China has been doing is staggering. Can India catch up fast enough? Joining us, Brahma Chilani, Dr. Nasir Hussain of the Congress, Karuna Gopal of the BJP, former diplomat KC Singh. We're also joined by Major General Sanjay Meston, a former defense attaché of Indian, somebody who served in that area. But let's uh, actually talk about the Tawang situation. Now, ASPI, that's a reputed Australian uh, group, which has actually looked at the developments over there, has come out with fantastic satellite imagery. Uh, and they've actually had three-dimensional models of the terrain of the area. So let's uh, actually explain where this took place for us. Let's have this full screen. Now, you can see Arunachal Pradesh. Let's change to the approximate site of the clashes uh, in the next image. Uh, that's where it actually took place, um, the site of the clashes. And we're going to zoom in right there to that ridge line. And this is where Aspie's uh, study is really good. Because what you'll see now, if we change that image, is uh, looking from an Indian perspective onto China. This is a modification, our modification of what ASPI has come out with. We've marked the line of actual control. Uh, and you can see the Indian posts over there with our flags over there. These are posts atop a steep ridge, and we are looking onto the Chinese side. And you can see where the Chinese posts are. Those are marked in red. But let's flip the image to the opposite side, right? So now we are looking at India from the Chinese side. Those are the red dots which indicate Chinese posts. And what we've done is we have marked, we have marked a road. That's a new sealed road which uh, ASPI has been able to identify, right? And it is through that road that Chinese soldiers were able to get into that area where Indian posts are located and clash with our soldiers. That clash took place in December this year, but also, and here's where we've got that video uh, also of, of that clash, the earlier clash, which is of October 2021. That took place, this is the video I'm talking about. Uh, Let's just uh, go back to the map for a second before we go back to this video. We'll come back to that video, but that clash, it is believed, took place on the extreme left of your screen over there, October 2021. But the clash this month took place likely in those two areas to its east, uh, which are marked in red. But again, the clashes themselves, extremely violent. Let's roll that image of the earlier clash because the video of the clash in December hasn't been released. So... This is the same area, right? And the extreme left is where these clashes of a year back took place. Indian soldiers, as you can see, getting these Chinese soldiers out of an Indian post. They are being beaten, melee weapons are being used, and the Chinese are forced to return to their territory. So to explain this simply, what you're seeing in that video is Indian territory, obviously, on the right, and the Chinese are going back across the line of control, they've been pushed back onto their side of the line of actual control. And if you, again, let's have that up full screen, uh, it, just to give you an idea uh, of the terrain of the land, let's have that video up full screen 
so that our viewers can actually gauge the terrain that we are talking about. This is extremely steep. It's on a ridge line. It's atop a ridge line where these clashes took place. Now, the key point that I was actually mentioning is the Chinese got there because of the road that we showed you. What the Chinese have been doing is they've been building up in several areas along the line of actual control. Most of these are on their side of the line of actual control, what we call the Makmahun line in Arunachal Pradesh. Uh, but as NDTV has, has reported, and we'll bring you those images later on, they've also constructed on our side of the Makmohan line, perhaps between the line of actual control, which the Indian Army mans, and the Makmahon line, which we see as a boundary, the area in between, squarely Indian territory, let's not be confused. But the red dots are all of the areas along the LAC where the Chinese have built up. So those uh, images that you can now see, and we'll stick to this as the last set of images for now. Uh, just examples. Let's fl keep flicking through these images. This is an image of near the Tawang area, in fact, near Bumla, in fact, uh, not too far away from there. Uh, an image of the 28th of November 2020 and earlier of February 2020. February 2020, as you can see, not much. And then, again, buildings are constructed. The Chinese construct it at a phenomenal pace uh, on the line of actual control. In fact, we can roll that next set of images as well, which actually show, and this was an NDTV report, two stories, two separate locations of Chinese villages, except these have been constructed within Indian territory in Arunachal Pradesh. All right, two separate areas. Um, so let's uh, introduce, uh, we've introduced our panel already. Um, let me come to Karuna Gopal first. Ma'am, um, the, the Congress says that, look, there needs to be a serious discussion in Parliament on this. Just in the last few minutes, we've revealed so much about the situation on the line of actual control. Why, why does the government desist from this? Uh, well, uh, Mr. Soma, I'd like to say that uh, the discussion might actually be counterproductive for the simple reason that uh, there could be a lot of disinformation and it might actually put the entire country on a panic mode. For instance, you saw the satellite imagery now, but not many people actually understand uh, the country, China, and uh, the the leader that China has. For instance, in 2019 at the World Economic Forum, President Xi went on talking about uh, collaboration, humanity, inclusivity, and within months, they, yeah, were, we were, backstabbed. they were attacking India. We were backstabbed. Nobody, exactly. nobody denies that, ma'am. I'm just saying, exactly. why not talk about it in parliament? How much territory so saying, have we lost? What is India doing to counter that? Right. It, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's a holistic discussion. So the, this discussion, as I said, uh, you know, can be counterproductive in the sense not many people understand the nuances of uh, what China is like. For instance, why 45 rounds of discussions right from 1960 have failed. And today, just to give one example, uh, today we saw many people burning the Chinese uh, goods and people even today are questioning why have the imports gone up. Now, let me give you one example. Not many people really, including the, the so-called stalwarts of the opposition party, understand that every country is dependent on China for imports. And just give one example that almost China has a monopoly on rare earth metals, like something like 17 elements. So you can't stop that is what you're every, saying. Every right. country depends on it. Okay, so, so let me let me get an answer to that. You made an important point. 
Dr. Nasir Hussain, would you like to respond to that? Two points. Firstly, it's not enough to say ban trade or whatever it is with China. And the second point uh, which has been made is that there are certain nuances which parliamentarians perhaps may not understand. Do any of these work for you, sir, as explanations? Uh, Vishnu, I think uh, there are two, three uh, uh, points which uh, every uh, panelist needs to understand. One, it is not that there, there are no precedents about discussion in the parliament when there was then when there were scuffles, when there were wars, when there were uh, 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 when there were disputes on the border, it has happened. Not one on more than many on on more number of occasions, discussions have taken place in the parliament. The government is not coming clean on this issue. The government is not informing the parliament. The government is not informing the, informing the political parties as to what is happening on the borders. Nobody knows. Now, in the last few minutes, you have you have actually shown what is happening on the borders. So, my question again on your TV a couple of days back was: Has the political leadership of our country failed? Has the diplomatic has the diplomacy of this particular government failed? Despite the Jula diplomacy, despite uh, the 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 Jappi diplomacy, the Chinese troops are building up. On our border, there are reports that they have occupied more than 1,000 kilometers of our land. There are reports that the bridges have been constructed. There are reports that villages have been constructed. Tall towers are erected. PLA subdivisional office has been constructed. So we want to know the truth. What is it all about? Why is this government hesitant to have discussion? Okay, okay. don't have a discussion, parliament. Why can't you call an all-party meeting and, and inform them as to what is happening? Okay. See, ultimately... Uh, yeah, ultimately, all the members of parliament are the elected representatives who have been elected by the people of all this right. country. So you deserve they an answer. Right I take know, that point. Let me go across. Got right it, sir. Know. Got it. They... Got it, sir. Let me go across to KC Singh, Ambassador KC Singh. Uh, and as we do that, what I'd also likely to do, like to do, because it's important to show balance, is that it's not a one-sided picture of just what the Chinese are doing. Let's have images of what India is doing to build up infrastructure. So let's have images over here. Um, and let's have this up full frame for a moment before I go to the ambassador. These are bridges that India has actually built in Ladakh. Uh, this is um, the, the Shok River. This is, I believe, in Arunachal Pradesh elsewhere. Um, in fact, there has been considerable Indian infrastructure build-up, uh, which is taking place. Umlingla in Ladakh, the highest motorable road in the world, has also been constructed. And let's keep circulating these images. Ambassador, we may have been, this is the Sela Tunnel that's being constructed in Arunachal Pradesh, not very far from where these clashes have now taken place. Ambassador K.C. Singh, this is now taking place. Um, it couldn't have come a day too late. Do you believe that this is something India should have started doing, not five or six years later, but perhaps two decades back, that it's not Congress versus BJP, it's the lack of foresight by our entire political class which is uh, which needs to be blamed for the mess that we are in right now. Uh, Vishnu, I think one of the I still remember we had a post sixty two syndrome, uh, where it was felt that if you provide connectivity up to the LAC, you may facilitate Chinese entry. Yes. Now this was this was a thought process in the seventies that your best defense is if you do not have the infrastructure from LAC leading into India, otherwise you'll have a repeat of sixty two. Now, that was very defensive thinking, but that changed many, many decades ago. 
Even when I was in service as additional secretary, I remember Sham Saran was foreign secretary. Uh, there was a serious discussion on the number of roads that we need to build. There was a China study group which gave a paper on this, on the number of no, new roads that we need in Arunachal and other, other places. I'm talking of 2007. So this was 15 years ago. Now, roads you can't build overnight. And the other problem is that the Chinese resisted. Chinese resented. They know they have built up their infrastructure. They treat any building of infrastructure by you as an unfriendly act. So it's not like you can straight away go there and start building. There are strategic implications. That doesn't mean you don't build. But it means that there are, that is the difficulty of doing it. The terrain is difficult. Your antagonist is difficult. Who wants to keep you at your current level of connectivity? Doesn't want you to be able to do it. And the governments have been doing it. I don't see why BJP is defensive about it. They can come. A debate in any parliament uh, strengthens the hand of the government. Sure. Because the government can say, this is what the people of India want. This is what the opposition want. So instead of defying the opposition and pretending, look, nobody has a monopoly on nationalism. Now, if you think that, no, I'll become less, less nationalistic if I'm criticized, that is not so. Uh, I think all parties need to come together. They can come together. And the Prime Minister has the skill set. Even Instead of opposing discussion, if he sits down with them and harnesses the energy, that strengthens you. Sure. And that is a weakness that China has. We don't know what the Chinese people want. After all, China also whips up hyper-nationalism. We don't know whether the new events that we are just seeing are because they knew the COVID outbreak will be there. Are they creating a distraction? Or in any case, it is a strategic approach of theirs, always trying to nibble away, uh, slowly improve their position okay. in the LSE and nibble away. Got it. So Ambassador that is a Singh. known factor. Sure. Ambassador Singh, let me put that across uh, to Professor Victor Gao. Professor Gao, um, the expectation here in India is that China goes back to areas uh, pre the tensions of 2020, right? Whether it is in Arunachal Pradesh uh, in the east or certainly Ladakh in the northwest of, of, of Arunachal Pradesh. Consider, is that something which will never take place? Or is, is India expecting too much? Thank you very much for having me. You know for sure that China has 14 land neighboring countries. China signed the border treaties with four, uh, 12 of them. Only India and Bhutan have not yet signed the border treaties. Yeah, that's with because China. Bhutan hasn't been given that's much of a chance to sign, point. sir. Respectfully, the second part you've invaded a part of indeed, their country. Indeed, there are border uh, disputes between China and India, and the border disputes can only be solved through peaceful negotiations and diplomacy. It cannot be solved by war or military Correct. conflict or skirmishes between China and India. After all, China and India are the two largest populations in the world. It is completely illogical to think that the Chinese people and the Indian people should fight a war against each other. And what will be the global consequences of a war between China and India? It will be horrific, India? sir. But Professor Gao, I, and I'm only interrupting you because we've got a big panel and a short amount of time. You haven't answered my question respectfully. My question is this. Will China go back to the positions that it occupied pre-2020? Listen. The border issues and the line of actual control are very complicated between China and India. And engagement with each other, negotiation with each other, are the only right way forward. And in this context, try to avoid 
nationalization of the issues or sensationalization of the issues will be crucially important. In China, nobody is talking about the border disputes right now as projected uh, or depicted in India. There is only one Chinese spokesperson at the foreign ministry, and she answered that issue as a response to a question raised. China is very busy with many other things, and we do not want to see flaring China up. China is, is so busy China with Indian other things, and, 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 Mr. and Professor Gao, obviously you face a health issue right now. Economic growth is paramount for India as it is for China. Why don't you just go back and let things resume? Why two years later are we still having this conversation? I think the best way is to go back to the negotiation table between China We've and India. We've had 14 plus let, rounds of talks let the diplomats at the military work level. Out the solutions and Sir, there have been it. dozens of rounds. You know that, I know that. And they've not gotten to that situation. And we can keep saying, let there be peace. We can keep saying, let there be talks. We've been doing this for years, sir. But it's not achieved the outcome. So my question remains, India wants normalization on the basis of your country moving back to pre-2020. And you just don't want to do that, sir. So my question is, will you do that at all? Or shall we here in India forget about that? Listen, I think China-Indian border issues date back not to 2020, but to many, many decades ago. And after all, the border disputes between China and India are not created by either China or India. This is very important. Allow me to emphasize this point. It was created by the British Indian Empire. Therefore, neither China nor India today should be held hostage to the geopolitical well, ambitions sir, most of the respectfully, British Indian Empire. Are, are being held hostage by Chinese soldiers on Indian territory. And by no, all means, no. talk about fixing there the border dispute, no border but talk about fixing China the dispute on the basis of there pre-2020 no positions. Between China and India at all. Therefore, what you claim to be Indian territory may not be the realistic situation on the ground. All right. So the one second, let me get move across to my other panelists. But I welcome your views, sir. On this program, we discuss all views and we welcome your perspective as well. Disagree, but certainly welcome. Uh, Dr. Brahma Chilani, you know, uh, you know, uh, Professor Gao represents and, and speaks obviously for the Chinese perspective. To me, it appears that it's a lost cause. That we can keep talking about the need to talk, but two years later, in effect, there's very little which has been achieved. Vishnu, we should not forget the circumstances in which the encroachments of April 2020 occurred. Because the present crisis is a result of China's encroachments of April 2020. Those encroachments happened while India was preoccupied battling the China-originating COVID virus. India was enforcing the world's strictest national lockdown. And that's when China took advantage of India's preoccupation to take India by surprise. But to go back to the question that you were debating about infrastructure, let's be clear on one thing. The speed and scale with which China is redrawing facts on the ground without firing a single shot are astounding. This bulletless aggression is based on first mover advantage. But infrastructure is only one aspect 
through which China is mounting a growing threat against India. The fact is that China is waging unrestricted warfare against India, but below the threshold of armed conflict. Its unrestricted warfare is actually irregular warfare that is largely centered on Himalayan salami tactics. India is not doing anything of this kind. India is not waging irregular warfare against China. India is not engaged in salami slicing. So infrastructure is important, but let's not forget that it is China's shadowy expansionism in the Himalayas, which poses a growing challenge for India. Each time, the Chinese choose the time and place to take the Indians by surprise. It's good that the Indian troops quickly repulse the latest Chinese incursion into the 16,000-foot Yangtze area in Tawang. But to advance China's expansionism, the PLA has to be lucky just once for every 10 incursions it makes. So the time has come for India to recalibrate its deterrence against China. Right. India's deterrence against China isn't working. Had it been working, we wouldn't have witnessed the latest Chinese incursion sure. to capture Yangtze. Sure. I just want to go across to General Meston, who's actually served in that area. General Meston, the infrastructure that India is building now, whether it's roads, um, bridges, tunnels, how significant are these in Arunachal Pradesh to surge Indian soldiers right up to the front line, should that be required? Because as, as a soldier yourself, you'd know that that is something that's never really been there in Arunachal Pradesh the way it needed to be. Uh, Vishnu, I do agree. And uh, coming on to infrastructure, uh, see, firstly, what all is involved in infrastructure? One is, of course, roads, tracks, bridges from, I would say, the foothills right up to the watershed, which we have just uh, seen in the photograph. The Indian Army is occupying the entire watershed along the Arunachal Pradesh on dominating heights. Second is the permanent defenses, bunkers to fight over there. And third is the logistic bases. And of course, uh, fourth is the infra, uh, sorry, the habitation where the troops have to be lodged over there. Now, in all these fronts, starting from uh, the roads and tracks, uh, as on date, there are seven valleys uh, which all axial tracks have been constructed, roads are being constructed, and they are reaching right up to the forwardmost post. So, actually, we are not connected very well. Now, coming on to the lateral connectivity, because lateral connectivity, inter-valley connectivity is required, and therefore, uh, we have uh, the Trans-Arunachal Highway yes. uh, at the foothills, which has been completed. Now, also, there is a proposal for the Frontier Highway, which is going to be about 100 kilometers from the line of actual control uh, to uh, have this uh, lateral movement. Uh, so, therefore, now bridges, etc. is also uh, good quality bridges are being constructed. But yet, there is a caution because the mountains in our area are highly fragile and the working season is just about three, maximum four months because the rains are the biggest enemy there in uh, maintenance of these roads. So, sometimes right. bridges, culverts keep getting washed. Secondly, coming on to the permanent defences and bunkers. Now, I would be very candid. As on date, or along the entire watershed, first tier of defences, we have 100% permanent defences to fight from bunkers. On the Chinese side, I would say practically it is negligible. Your photograph also highlights very clearly we are sitting on the dominating ridges. The Chinese thereafter is on the lower uh, ridge. In fact, there's a valley and they're on the other side. And there's so a village are, which they build where they are They are sitting, yeah. Yeah. So we are observing them both by fire and observation. So that gives us a lot of advantage. Sure. Thirdly, uh, coming on to the logistic basis, we have been again having logistic basis in the last 20, 30 years. 
for storage of ammunition, etc. And even habitation. So I take that point, General. I take that point and I'm interrupting because I, I need to wrap this up. That India does sit by and large in many areas on the ridge lines. But obviously to support our soldiers on the ridge line is where infrastructure, roads and bridges comes in. And there is a big effort now. It has to be said it's nowhere close to what China is doing. But perhaps that needs to be changed and changed fast. I'd like to thank you all very much for being with us.